0: Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, Wellness and Organisational Coach and Yin and Nidra Yoga Instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organisational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritise your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organisational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritise your health. Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Rochelle, a mother and slow living coach. She also has her own podcast, How to Live Slow, a podcast about how to live an intentional life. Rochelle shares what slow living is, the most common barriers to living a slower life, and her tips to living a more intentional, slower life. If you'd like to learn more about slow living and how you can start to slow down and simplify your life, then keep listening to our conversation. This interview was recorded at the start of 2021 and is a video recording that you can also watch on YouTube. Let's jump into this Simply Happy Guest Conversation. Thank you for joining me, Rochelle. I have Rochelle from How to Live Slow, and she's going to be sharing with us how she lives an intentional life using a slow living. So, welcome, Rochelle.
1: Hi, thanks
0: for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> oh no, thank you so much for making the time to to come on and share with us some, some of the tips around slow living and how you came about slow living. So maybe start with um, about your morning routine. Do you have a sort of a morning ritual or morning routine that you have for your family?
1: Uh, I do. I think. Um, well, I lo- I love the idea of calling it a ritual because I feel mm-hmm. that routines are really boring, <laughs> and so they're really hard to stick to. And I, I'm someone who kind of rebels against the idea of having a routine. So I actually have ritualized my morning in the sense of a lot of the, you know, a lot of the stuff that I struggle with is not having quality time with my kids. So by making morning routines into rituals, um, that increases my sort of yeah quality time with them so we have fun little things like when we make breakfast we have certain bowls that we use and you know a certain words that we say or whatever like just to make it a little bit more fun um you know we have a toothbrushing song and things like that Mm -hmm. but I know that that's probably not really what you mean but yeah (laughs) because I'm sure that helps for your children just to
0: you know they know what to expect isn't it it's about that expectations
1: yeah and i feel like as a parent like the morning and the night routines are some of the times when things can get really like high stress Mm -hmm. why won't they get their shoes on and nobody's got their drink bottle ready and where's your hat and you know come on out the door and all of that but i think when you bring in a little bit of ritual to those little things it can make it really lovely um and as a mum, having a morning routine that's really elaborate with meditation and journaling and everything that's lovely but it's not always as possible Um, so I just like to do from, from that point of view, I like to wake up, um, I follow Rhiannon Colorossi. She has this really great thing. She calls the positive action plan and she has, she just wakes up and it's really easy to do because you just answer three questions and you can write them down or just in your head. And it's just, how do I want to feel today? What am I grateful for? And what do I want to achieve today? And that's just sets you up for such an amazing day. Just setting that intention. Yeah, that
0: positive mindset, isn't it? It makes such Mm. a difference.
1: So what about this year? Have you
0: found any, like a a little bit more to adjust to with school, having school routine as
1: well, having a school drop off? Oh, I have, yeah. So I have been saying, because my son obviously in prep now five days a week, um, and since I've had him, we I've only had sort of three days a week of work. So this is a whole new thing, mainly for me, like he's loving it. <laughs> um, but this whole idea of doing something five days a week is a little bit of a culture shock, I think, for me. Um, and also we're early risers. So um the kids were going to daycare at sort of seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock in the morning because we're up at 5. Um, but now we're sort of sitting around a little bit more. We've actually got more time in the morning, which I'm sure will change as they get older and start sleeping in. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, but, but that's, that's great. And I know other, some of my other clients, i found the same thing. They've said the same thing, we, you know, because we would just get ready and go when we're ready to drop off. There's no set time when it comes to daycare and, and even some particular kinders are the same, whereas now having that set sort of time, um, you know, things have to change and adjust. Yeah. So what about yourself then? What, what do you like to do in your free time or something that we don't know about you that you'd like to share?
1: oh okay so i i'm a bit of a i'm a bit of a learning nerd so (laughs) i have a bit of an issue with how many books i've collected (laughs) so (laughs) i feel like a really indulgent thing for me to do if i've got some free time is to actually just sit down and put my phone down and read some of my book Um, whether that's a fiction book which i've recently gotten more into fiction Um, or an Australian fiction there's some really great Australian authors that I love to support and you know follow their work um but or like learning things like I actually am learning Spanish at the moment and it's only through an app um but when I you know it's actually really good and I love it I do it quite a lot um so one day i want to go and do the camino to, to santiago yeah, yeah. Um, which you probably know of but not a lot of people have heard of it's a 800 kilometer walk it's a pilgrimage yeah. um, a spiritual pilgrimage or a religious pilgrimage um, so i'm trying to learn spanish so that one day i can go and do that <laughs> oh what a beautiful goal um, yeah that's great and I, i'm sure now
0: having that spanish you know fulfills that need of love of learning so that you can then also enjoy those fiction books. Yeah. have you um have you found that you like is it audio books or is it um physical books you'd prefer?
1: Oh, so when I go for a walk, I listen to an audio book yeah. um, or a podcast, but yeah, I love actually the pages of a real book when I'm sitting down yeah
0: and I'm still the same you know having a business online you spend enough time on your computer so it's nice to actually have a book isn't it
1: yeah exactly for me like scrolling Instagram feels like work now so um yeah it doesn't actually relax me like you would think
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: Yeah. um so tell us about your business how to live slow yeah okay yeah so how to live slow oh well it started as a podcast I mean I just love the ideas of slow living I probably started out as a minimalist and realized that hmm, I really probably yeah slow living is just goes a bit deeper for me um, and I decided that I wanted to share sort of my story about how I got into slow living and how others can do it as well um, and I'm also a life coach so of course I you know I feel like I want to work with mums to help them um, I really struggle a lot with, the, uh, with the, the pull to be doing things all the time. And as a mum, like I feel like, you know, we need to be slowing down so that we can be there for our kids and, you know, tune into our intuition and um, really be aware of everything that's going on. And I just feel like we're just heading for burnout when we try to do it all at once. And, um, yeah, we deserve to live a little slower. So that's all kind of the basis of my business is, Um, I've got a couple of programs and courses where I help mums learn how to live slower so that they can actually really enjoy their life and enjoy that process. So I know being home with little kids can sometimes feel really heavy or hard and also because you're going slower and you just feel like you're not achieving the things Mm -hmm. that you want to do. And so living slow can sometimes actually be a bit challenging for a really high achieving woman. Um, So I've got some really good strategies around how to start to enjoy that process and to see it for what it is, which is a really beautiful experience. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. And, um, And even the podcast, like, yeah,
0: tell us about your podcast and how that came about then.
1: So once upon a time when I first had my first son, I actually had a YouTube channel. Like I was a family blogger or family vlogger because I made family videos of all our travels and our daily lives. And I did that and I still do do that sometimes, but I had a video, a weekly video for at least three or four years. And then I thought, you know what? Um, I, I enjoy sharing what we're doing as a family, but I actually really want to, you know, talk about my experience of motherhood. And so I started this other channel on YouTube called How to Live Slow. And then I came across in, so I was talking a bit about like what that would, you know, mean, I made videos about, um, slow living and motherhood and then someone said to me you know what I really think that as a mom most mums are looking for something that they can listen to rather than watch people you know moms don't go down YouTube rabbit holes like we used to um, so why don't you do a podcast and I was like oh that's a great idea and that's actually yeah I think I've had I'm coming up to a year now and it's actually been amazing because it's meant that I can have a lot of different guests and a lot of different perspectives on different areas of life. Um, and they also, it's really fascinating how so many of the guests that I have who may not even talk about slow living mm. actually come back to slow living. Like you have I've had you on the mm. podcast and I've had people talking about birth and physio and all sorts of amazing topics, even relationships, and it's really fascinating to see how that all can relate and be and uh, enhanced by slow living. So yeah, that's I love my podcast. It's really one of my favorite parts of my business.
0: Oh, and I loved it. That I don't even know how I stumbled across you. Must have been interviewed by somebody else, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's how I was like, oh, I love this, and started listening. So yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I really enjoy. The the short episode, it's not like a long amount of time, so it's usually perfect for when I'm driving somewhere that I get a whole episode in and just, yeah, yeah, really inspiring people that you interview on topics that it's not just you think slow living, but it is, it's encompassing the whole concept Mm of um, slow living, which people probably don't don't know enough about it. You know, I I feel Mm -hmm. like it's getting out there, but it's not maybe as much as, I mean, they might have heard of The Minimalist, but yeah. not, um, but not slow living as as you talk about it, which is, yeah it's, yeah, it's it's something that we can all you know aspire to as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's much easier than you think, really, to start yeah.
0: living a little bit slower. Yeah, definitely. This yeah, this five day lockdown has definitely helped to <laughs> reinforce that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what about some health tips or wellness tips or even slow living tips that you'd like to
1: share? Um. Mm-hmm with the audience would be great yeah sure so i think i i think it's really important to define slow living in a sense um so to me slow living like a lot of people just assume it means that you just don't want to do anything and you want to like stay home a lot and say no to everything and it's actually not that it doesn't mean that you're lazy it doesn't mean that you're boring or that you're too introverted or not social or whatever it actually has a lot to do with understanding what your values are So if you say that your value, your number one value is family, and then have a look at how you're actually spending your time and making adjustments so that if your number one value is family, but you never actually cultivate those relationships or spend time with your family, because, you know, you're working or you're doing all other things, keeping yourself busy, keeping the house clean, whatever it is, you know, what we do as mums, actually, what you want to be doing is spending more quality time with their kids. Well, how can you implement that a little bit? And that's why like we're at the start of our conversation, I said about rituals and changing your routines into little rituals for those quality connection times. Um, So that's what slow living is. It's really a realignment of your life. I kind of think about it as like, you know how people talk about organic food is actually real food. Mm. To me, slow living is actually real living. So it's taking away all that stuff that we think we have to do and unsticking ourselves from the stories about, the shoulds and the hustle and the achievement of external stuff and really looking at, well, what would I, what would I regret more, um, you know, in the future and what do I need to do to change that? And, um, and it's about holding boundaries, right? So learning how to say mm-hmm. no so that you can say yes to the right things. Um, and I think people think of boundaries, again, as being ways that you block other people out, but they're actually just rules of connection or rules of engagement. For you so that you feel the most energized so when you get 100 million invites and your kids want to do 100 million sports and everything you've got a filter because you've got really strong boundaries boundaries you've got a filter so that you can allocate all right i'm going to see this person because i really want to see that person and engage deeply with them and i don't want to get there and be like constantly thinking I've got to get going to the next thing so that, you know, you can see that person for the period of time until you're ready to leave, not because you have to. Um, so there's a couple of different things in there, but it's just, yeah, it's about like being certain of who you are and what you really want out of life and then going towards that as much as you can. Yeah, I love that, how
0: defining defining your values. And I definitely yeah. over the weekend having this five-day lockdown, it was like I felt like, you know, we'd just been getting back into work and the kids activities and things and just it was great to stop and go hang on a minute we haven't really spent that much time together and you know just being able to put my job work on hold for three days to be able to do some remote learning and even just see you know the development of my son over the past you know 12 months since the last or even six months since the last lockdown so what would you say though that you find that women that you attract into your courses um, What's sort of usually their, first, their, um, their hesitation and, and their sort of, um, you know, their, their reasoning for not living slow or, or, you know, what is the thing, the boundary? That's what I'm trying to think of, the boundary that generally you find.
1: I find that for a lot of mums, because I, I do attract, you know, my, my work is mainly with mums. A lot of mums, it's this thing called the perfect mother myth. And it's all these stories, all this socialisation that we've had over the years, you know, even from things like Disney movies and what we see on the news and advertisements about cleaning products and everything, and also the stories that we've raised with that we need to be achieving certain things. So the perfect mother myth is this story that we have in our collective mind about what we need to be doing to be a good mum. And there's this whole list of things. It's like being a good mum, working and being successful at work, you know, keeping on top of the house, having a good relationship with our husband, seeing or partner, um, seeing our friends, being a good daughter, being a good person, you know, all of these things. And it's a real hard thing to let go of some of that identity. And we constantly butt up against this perfect person, like idea. And, and it's, a, yeah, it's really hard to unhinge un- disconnect ourselves from that myth and start to look at, well, what would be good enough and what is actually important to mm-hmm. me and what can I let go of? And is keeping the house immaculately clean and picking up every toy after the kids every day the best use of my time
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the best, like, is that actually being a good mum or a perfect mum? And is, is ach- trying to achieve being perfect actually serving me or my family? So um, I think that that's where we a lot of us get really stuck at the start. Yeah, definitely.
0: Do you find that they're generally um, mums who have multiple children or it's their first child and they're realising
1: what life's going to be like with a child? Um, I actually think that the moment that it, it hits home the most is when the mum is about to return to work. Okay, yeah. Because obviously, you know, you're home with your first baby or even your second baby, you've got, you know, everything sorted in that part. And then you're like, you think, well, how am I going to do all of that and go to work (laughs) (laughs) and do all the other organizing that needs to happen? Yeah. And I think that there's a sense of frustration and possibly even resentment that starts to build when you realize that all of that burden is on you. And it's not your fault that it's that way, right? As a mum, like we take on, and that's this problem with the perfect mother myth is we take on the idea that it does need to be us. And until we have kids, we've been raised to be really independent women and we can control and look after everything. We've got ourselves sorted. So it never really occurs to us that we can ask for help and that asking for help is not actually... Um, a sign of failure or weakness it's a sign of like you know this allows us to have a much more intimate and deep and vulnerable relationship with those around us Mm. because disengaging from that perfection story that we have allows you know our husband or partner to say well i can pick up the kids a couple of days a week or you know i can do the groceries or whatever you know but we've got this thing where it has to be us yeah yeah. Um, and that really blocks us from enjoying the fullness of what it means to be a co-parent as well. Mm. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say the people who attract
0: to the to my retreat is the same. That's like yeah. uh, let, it's that first process of letting go yeah. to be able to be able to have some time out yeah. by yourself to even look at your values and yeah. what you want, and just allowing you know partner husband to take on all those roles over the weekend and usually do an amazing job of it yeah Um, exactly yeah so maybe tell us a little bit more about about your programs and and your products that you have
1: yeah sure so I have one called the slow life it's like a three-month group coaching kind of experience there's four modules um and so my four pillars of slow living are: do less need less be more present and live more aligned so those are the four modules that we take you through. And then we've got some group coaching calls and it's really fun. So it's just all about that same thing, disconnecting connecting from the stories and uh, changing our habits and living a little bit slower. Um, and I started with that program and I realised that that's very purely like slow living. Um, and I realised that there's a whole other level of things going on with mums. Um, so I made this new program. It's a three-workshop series called the Martyr to Matriarch Method. And it is a deeper dive into, there's three workshops, it's a deeper dive into how all of that burden of motherhood turns us into martyrs, you know, we feel exhausted and resentful and overwhelmed and um, like we've got so much expectation on what we should be doing and that sort of stops us from like feeling really fulfilled. So there's a process that I take my mums through Um, to help them start to feel like the the leader in their family, like that matriarch. Matriarch is like can live slow because she sees the value in herself. So it's really about self-worth. And when she lives slow, the whole family benefits. Yeah, the role model, doesn't it? And that energy just
0: flows onto the family. So with that, the matriarch um, program as well, is that part of that, have you integrated some of the Amy Taylor-Kabaz work
1: that you did last year as well? yes that's right yeah so i'm actually yeah certified mama rising facilitator um amy taylor cavaz has created this wonderful program and she um she takes it's yeah essentially a process called we take you through the transformation of motherhood which we call matrescence Mm. so matrescence is a really seems like an unfamiliar term but it's basically the transformation we go through as women when we have a child and become a mother same as a teenager goes through adolescence to become an adult we as women when we have a child go through this matrescence process which is just it's such a wide ranging ranging transformation you know we our brain rewires you know that's why we get mum brain so you know from a physical perspective a social perspective emotionally mentally financially or economically culturally we change so many in so many ways so yeah that's right yeah it's um she's done an amazing job and she's got so much language that she gives us around, um, you know, even just the, the mother versus woman kind of thing. This is called the inner split. Yep. Um, Where we feel, and that's mum guilt, right. Where we feel like we need to be successful women and there's a story around that. And then we've got this story about what a a perfect or a good mother is and, and how the tension between those two things causes this split within us.
0: Mm. No. I love yeah all of her work. I've, that's yeah. probably helped me through motherhood at the start. Is following yeah. her so many what twelve years ago now it is actually my daughter is twelve this year. So mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah I, I'm sure like having that adding that into your program as well would just be yeah. a beautiful thing for you know people with um, children new mother new to motherhood um, mm-hmm. would really greatly benefit and of course your know, podcast as well how to live so- slow. Um, is a great resource for people to tap into. So what about your social media? What's the, sort of the best um, way for people to connect with you?
1: Yeah so mainly Instagram and Facebook and my website they're all just how to live slow. My website's how and then on Facebook I'm at how to like how to live slow and Instagram it's at how to live slow as well and that's what the name of my podcast is so I've made it really easy <laughs> to find me yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank
0: you so much, Michelle, for joining and sharing those tips. I'm sure people will love to connect with you and find those really valuable. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's been really fun chatting.
0: Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review. This helps others find it who are also looking for tips and organisational strategies to simplify their life and prioritise their health. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss future episodes. You can also connect with me over at simplyhappy.com.au.